Welcome to the Failure Bites Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Kristen Brentison. Today, we're talking about mistakes. I make them. You make them. In fact, every human makes mistakes. In fact, we write songs about it. But how do we recover from mistakes? The fact that we make them doesn't make it any easier to deal with them when they happen. In this episode, we talk with Dr. Sarah Striha, a scientist at Argonne National Laboratory. She talks about how one mistake taught her a lesson that has followed her through her career and has made her a better scientist. So when I was at Los Alamos, I'm going to just give this picture. So Los Alamos is tucked away in the mountains. Um, The way that the lab is set up, it's very, very spread out. So we had our main building was in the main part of the lab. However, we had a building that was way off down in a canyon completely by itself. So at night, there are all kinds of wild animals and not necessarily what you would expect in the Midwest. So we had bears and bobcats. And so this building was out by itself. And so at night, it was kind of terrifying to go down there and check on your experiments I would leave my car running. I would leave my bright lights on and kind of like run into the building and then actually turn on my panic alarm, scare everything away and then run back. So I had a night that I needed to run down and check on one of my experiments. And I was testing fuel cells at the time. And when you test a fuel cell, you connect it to this test station. You put in a thermal couple because you're testing it at around 90 degrees C and you have these heater coils in it. And if you don't put the thermal couple in, the heater coils just keep heating until forever. So it was late at night. I was running down there. I didn't want to be down there. I was trying to go fast and I forgot to put a thermal couple in there. No, Didn't even think about it. So I put it in, I get or I get everything set up. I go home. The next morning I get a call from my boss, which is, is very rare. So if he's calling you, you know, there's an issue. And so he called me and said, hey, you know, is it your test running down at this remote lab? Yes, that's mine. He was like, just so you know, nothing catastrophic happened. And when, you know, you start with the words, nothing catastrophic happened, something terrible happened. So it turns out I had forgotten to put in the thermocouple and the cell itself had gotten up to about 300 degrees C. And With that, it's not just the cell that heats up, everything around it heats up. So we did have at least some precautions where it was sitting on a piece of wood and not on plastic, but it turns out, yes, I burned up the entire cell. I burned up everything Mm -hmm. in it. I burnt a cell size spot on the wood. And at that point, like there's nothing you can do. You simply unplug it and you walk away and you let it cool for a couple hours and you come back and try to clean your mess. But as a postdoc and being, you know, low man on the totem pole, you don't want to be the person that almost sets a lab on fire. So after that, we rightfully so, we started making very detailed checklists for things that you actually check off when you you set up the cell. And keep in mind, this is what I did my dissertation on. I have been testing these cells for years. So I had, you know, I had never had a problem before. It just, you know, the perfect combination of, of not paying attention wanting to get out there quickly. But because of that, they actually implemented, like I said, a very detailed checklist that said, okay, did you do this? Did you actually insert the thermocouple into the cell? And you had to write a check mark. Did you insert it into the test station? Yes. So I think in hindsight, for me and for anyone who is doing that work in the future, 
you know, I'm glad they have a checklist now and, you know, hopefully avoid something like this in the future. It could have been much worse. We could have had it sit on the actual table and have melted through the table. There could have been something near that was combustible, like a lab notebook or paper. So, you know, this could have been a lot worse, but because of that, we also put in things where now we put a cage over the cell to make sure that there's nothing can touch it just in case, you know, this were to happen again. So yeah, not my proudest moment when <laughs> I almost burnt up the lab, but like I said, it probably could have been a lot worse. Well, I think that happens though, when we kind of get on automatic pilot sometimes when we've done something so many times mm-hmm. that it was a mistake. It, it wasn't a reflection exactly. of, on you or your, your talent or your ability. It was a mistake. So what did you take away from that whole experience personally? Like you just said, I needed to be aware. And I think, you know, we had this conversation in our group afterward is that autopilot is, is a very real thing. And it's something that when you're working with something, whether it is something extremely hot, whether it's in my field now where it's radioactive material, it's something that you need to be aware of because you are working with hazardous and dangerous things. And so if it's something as easy and as simple as a checklist to make sure that you are doing all the safety steps. And even just in normal life, when you're, you know, doing stuff around the house and you say, I know what I'm doing. I don't need to unplug that out of the outlet or something like that. So it made me realize that not just in my work setting, but anything I do that just to take that extra second to make sure that I'm not, you know, I'm not missing something that I do every single day. It's that focus on detail. I know I've gotten in that mode too, where you're, you're, you know, you just have to get the job done. You've got to get onto the next thing because maybe you have 500 different things that have to be done today. And if you're not paying attention to those details, it can be a small issue or it can be a catastrophic issue. So how did you get yourself out of the loop of thinking about all the things that could have gone wrong? Because I know that's what happens to me when I make a mistake is you start yes. going into all the worst case scenarios that didn't happen, but could have. So how do you get past that? So I think that checklist really helped me do that because the, the next couple of times that I was doing this, I was almost hypersensitive. So I was taking probably way longer to set it up, probably, you know, three times as long because I would think that, okay, I know I checked the list and I know I put it in there, but I need to go back and check. And so it was telling myself that, yes, when I put it in the cell, I checked the box and we're good to go. And I don't have to go back and check again and again and again. But yeah, it took probably a couple days and, you know, maybe five or six tests later for me to feel comfortable that I wasn't second guessing myself every single time I was doing something. Yeah. Again, it becomes, it's, it's not a reflection on whether you're capable, whether you know your content and you can do the research, it's just a thing that happens. (laughs) It is. And it was interesting looking back on it. Now I actually did a seminar on human error and how we make mistakes so many times throughout the day. And we don't even realize it may be something we don't even know is a mistake. We don't even realize it has no effect until it's brought to your attention. And you realize I am very capable of doing my job you know, but there are just little things, like you said, I get distracted, you know, something comes up, something pulls my attention that we're not even aware of that it's doing it. Well, I think it's interesting that you said that now, because of that, you have all of these new processes in place that actually have probably improved the process overall. And that's kind of like how, when we make mistakes or learning from failure, if we wouldn't have done that, we wouldn't have learned that and it wouldn't be better. That's very, very true. 
And that is something now, you know, this actually happened probably four years ago. And it's something though, that I have made it a point in, in any project that I'm developing, any work plan that I'm making, that I make sure, you know, do we have those checklists in place to prevent this from happening? And like I said, even outside of the workspace, if I'm working on a project, am I at home? Am I doing everything, you know, just to make sure that nothing is going to go wrong and I can control what I can control? I like that. It is all about controlling what you can control, trying to think about what could go wrong or how to make it successful and do what you can do. The rest is out of your control. (laughs) Exactly. And as, you know, as scientists, that's a very hard thing to come to terms with is that there are just some things that some days you don't even know why, but your experiment doesn't work. Or, you know, I do a lot of microscopy and some days our, our SEM microscope just doesn't want to focus. And, you know, I do everything I can to, to make it work, but some days you just, you have to take a step back and say, I don't know what's happening, but I can only do what I can do. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to share your story with us. Um, any kind of last words or advice, especially for maybe those new PhD or those new researchers who are looking at a lifetime in the labs and, you know, we're all going to make some mistakes. So what advice would you give to some of those early career? I feel like some of probably, if not all of the best things that you're going to discover in your research come from mistakes. So, you know, whether you, you accidentally put something extra in whatever you're doing, or you, like I said, you forgot to do something, um, 99% of the time, your research is not going to work, or there's going to be a mistake in the path. And, you know, you just have to keep going forward and say, okay, I just, I won't make that mistake again. Or, you know, I made this mistake, but hey, look, something really good came out of it. So just don't get discouraged because eventually you, you know, you will make your experiment work or you will find the answer that you're looking for but it's just going to take a lot of iterations. And so just, just don't give up because you will get there. Great advice. Thank you so much, Sarah. It was a pleasure to talk to you. You too. Thank you. There are many lessons we can take away from Sarah's story. The fact that mistakes happen, but all mistakes are things we can recover from. We need to learn from the experience. In fact, there are some mistakes that actually lead to positive things. We learn from them, we grow from them. The best path forward once you make a mistake is to identify what we can control and what can we do to ensure we don't make the same mistake again. Sarah used her experience to build better professional practices. So get out there, don't be afraid to make mistakes. Make sure you learn from them, because sometimes mistakes bring positive outcomes. You never know what can happen. Thanks for listening to the Failure Bites podcast. If you want to hear more, be sure to subscribe for the latest episodes. And please leave us a review. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening. This podcast was produced by NIU STEAM at Northern Illinois University. Your future, our focus. Our focus.